Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range. Or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double-breasted black blazer from a new-to-me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style-obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman-owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You are listening to About Progress. This is episode 332, What Your Procrastination Really Means and How to Help with Sharon Escandani. What is your preferred way to procrastinate? I've got a few of my favorite ways to procrastinate, always up my sleeve and ready to take out at any time. But my favorite way to procrastinate is usually by being productively procrastinating. So it's a productive procrastination that I prefer. No other time is this more relevant than when I was trying to work on a brand new course a couple years ago. And instead of working on the course, I found myself organizing my entire garage or going through all the closets in our home. Other times it could be me going on an Instagram loop where you're just down that wormhole or finding myself at the fridge all the time eating chocolate chips. We all procrastinate, all of us. You're going to hear me say this in the episode today, but I'm sure that even Oprah Winfrey procrastinates. It's a human tendency that we all have. And while it's not something we should be ashamed of, it should also be something that we learn to work with better. Today on the show, we have Sharin Escandani. Sharin has a, a rap sheet that you would not believe. She is a life coach, a public speaker, and a writer, and she specializes in mindfulness 
and mindset work. She's been all over the internet. She's been on the Today Show, incredible things. Also, an award-winning opera singer. Not even kidding. But my friends, she has struggled with procrastination, especially as a recovering perfectionist, which we all are here who are listening. She is going to help us learn more about what is really going on when we procrastinate and how it shouldn't mean something bad about us. But at the same time, what are some practical and doable ways that we can work on making sure procrastinating is not controlling our lives? If you find yourself constantly on this hamster wheel of procrastination, stop blaming yourself, learn what's really happening, and here we're going to give you ways to make it be a less part of both your identity and the way you show up in your life. Welcome to About Progress. I am your host, Monica Packer, and I don't want you to just listen to this show. I want it to change you. This community of progressors empowers women to take on radical growth via sustainable changes. Are you motivated and ready to grow in your identity, purpose, and productivity? You can when you remember that life is about progress, not perfection. If you have called yourself a procrastinator and you've identified with that word for much of your life or even recently, it's maybe a new season and you're finding yourself procrastinating more and more and you're kind of thinking like, is this who I am now? Is this who I'm going to be forever? The truth is, is that your identity is so much deeper and so much broader than even how you manifest it on the outside. And this is what we help you uncover in Finding Me, my new foundational course for this community about progress, because everything comes back to identity, knowing who we are and what matters to us. In this course, you can help uncover what matters to you, who you really are deep down inside. You will come home to yourself, learn to belong to yourself in ways that you are needing right now, especially if you have been lost to really good things in your life. Maybe you've been lost to the identity of your role as a mom or within your career or whatever it is. Come join us in finding me. The door is always open. Go to aboutprogress.com forward slash finding me to enroll. Again, that's aboutprogress.com forward slash finding me. Welcome to About Progress again, Sharon. It's good to have you back. I am so excited to be back. Thank you for having me. Well, now you're over 50 episodes into your new podcast. Let's just like start with telling them where to go with this because I've been listening. I'm in love with it. And I really just want them to go there right after they're done listening to this episode. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, the my podcast is called Wholehearted Coaching, the podcast. Um, not a very original name, but it gets straight to the point. I love it. I love it now. It's such a great way to connect with people. I'm, I'm sure for you too. It's just, it's a really great, way to be in community with, with some amazing people. So thank you so much. And I'm so glad you're enjoying it. Thank you. Well, we had you on in the past to talk about manifesting, which for a lot of people, they have different views of what that looks like. And I loved how you broke that down in such a practical way. And today we're going to do that in a similar vein, but with a different topic altogether. And it's procrastination this month. We're focusing all on forming good habits. And I really think that there are a few number one contributors, not just one. So there's a few tied to interfering with our good habits. And I think procrastination is both an inhibitor and a habit in and of itself. So 
let's talk about procrastination in general. Like what are your views on what it is and why it's a problem? Is it a habit? Is it something we learn? Is it a way we cope? What is it? Procrastination. So I, whoever is listening, I want you to know that I am a procrastinator. I, I, I see I've changed my relationship with it. So the weight and the heaviness that that word used to have for me has really shifted. And actually, like, I don't think I've called myself a procrastinator now that I think about it in many, many years. However, I can see how in some arenas of my life, like I exhibit those behaviors that a procrastinator does, which is delay, you know, create tactics to get out of it. Like, what is that? Cleaning your house, watching Netflix, you know, just and especially I think procrastination is a tough one when we're delaying doing something that means a lot to us, like okay. delaying doing the dishes. Okay. Um, something not my jam, but delaying, you know, launching your website, delaying, you know, reaching out to a client or an, someone in your network, that type of procrastination is really harmful to us because I think when we get into that type of procrastination, we use it as some sort of weapon against us, right? We Mm -hmm. judge ourselves. We're like, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you doing this thing? And the way I like shifted my belief with procrastination is that I really started to see procrastination as knowledge, So whenever procrastination shows up in my life, whenever I find myself exhibiting those behaviors of delaying, not doing, especially when it's something very meaningful to me, I see procrastination as either wisdom or fear. Hmm. And for me, sometimes when it's wisdom, procrastination is my body telling me you're doing way too much Hmm. and you need to rest. You need like you, you simply cannot take on one more thing. And our bodies are very wise. Our intuition is very strong. And if we're not listening to it, then it it will do whatever it needs to do to make you not do things. Right. So for me, sometimes it's really wisdom where I'm like, oh, actually, maybe I am taking on too much. Maybe this isn't the time for this project. The other thing that it can be when I say it's fear is procrastination often shows up when we're about to do something that's really courageous. That's a risky thing. We're taking a big leap and it's that fear of failure, fear of judgment, fear of uncertainty. And instead of really addressing, oh my gosh, I'm really scared. I'm doing something new. I'm doing something that I've never done before. I'm doing something that's going to put me out there. Instead of really digging into the fear, working with the fear, we procrastinate. And then we just, instead of actually dealing with the root cause, we deal with the symptom like, oh, and we judge ourselves. And so again, it's like putting a bandaid over a wound that like needs to have like, I don't know, a brace and a cast and like (laughs) all these other things. And so for me now, when I start to delay, I just have to check in and say, okay, is this either wisdom or fear? And then I can I can figure things out from there so much easier than spending days judging myself, you know, which only perpetuates the cycle of procrastinating more because it's such a shameful thing. I mean, I love how you said right out, right out the gate, you know, that you procrastinate too. And I do too. And, and, but I like that you've shifted the relationship away from shame and it's more of a tool. It's just being more aware of it and relating to it in a different way helps you be more aware of what's really going on inwardly, which really shifts things to me for sure. Yeah. And I love that you said that because if we really look at, you know, procrastination as wisdom or fear, you know, I always think of how you 
how you would talk to a kid. And if a kid is afraid of doing something, the last thing, I don't have any children. I have a nephew whom I love and adore, yes. but if he's afraid to do something, I know if I, if I talk to him by shaming him or making him feel guilty or judging him, he's not going to want to actually, you know, take a risk and do things. And so it's the same thing with us. So if we can actually be like, oh, this is fear. There's nothing to be ashamed about when it comes to fear. It's just working with the fear. But whenever we operate from a place of shame, you're just, you're so right. It's this perpetuating cycle. Shame never makes us act in ways that are, you know, healthy in healthy ways. Right. So getting out of that shame cycle is so important. Yeah. I love too, that this can be done so objectively. Like you said, it's, you know, it could be, if we're only dwelling on, Oh, I'm such a procrastinator. We're only paying attention to like the bandage over the wound. So we have to just be objective. Well, let's see what's under there. Is it that I am overwhelmed because I have signed up for too many things or I have too much going on, or I've gone on, this has gone on for too long and I need to rest. Or is it, what am I afraid of? So there needs to be courage either way some yeah. courage to, to see Absolutely. what's really going on. Absolutely. So courage seems to be a good antidote to it in some ways, as well as being objective, but let's talk about another reason why procrastination can continue to perpetuate, especially when it does become a cycle. What in your mind is a reason for this? So one of, I think our biggest root causes for why we procrastinate is actually perfectionism. Mm-hmm. We procrastinate because we think that, especially if it's a meaningful venture that we're about to go on, a thing that we want to do, we believe that it has to be perfect, that there's a perfect way to execute it, that there's a perfect way for it to be done, that there is a best way. And having that weight on us, which doesn't allow us to fail, which doesn't allow us to experiment, it just makes us kind of paralyzed, right? Procrastination can't move, can't do the thing. And so it's that weight of perfectionism that so often is actually stopping us from doing the thing. And I think one of our biggest narratives when we do procrastinate is like, well, obviously, you know, if it meant so much to you to start your own business, then you would start your own business. And it's not that it doesn't mean much to you. It it actually means so much to you yes, that you're not taking action. Right. And so reframing that to see, oh my gosh, yeah, because this is so near and dear to my heart. And I think that I have, I have to do it in this perfect way. That's why I'm procrastinating and, and shifting that to actually look at the perfectionism and how that's kind of getting in the way of you executing and doing something that means a lot to you. Mm-hmm. Whenever we talk about that reframing I see, you know, light bulbs go off in women's eyes. And I actually seen women cry over this saying like, mm. you, I'm not lazy. I'm not a procrastinator. I'm not a non-finisher. I'm not a scatterbrain. I am a perfectionist really. And, and it's because, you know, there's many reasons for this. We, we aspire for perfectionism. We don't think we qualify, you know, unless right. we're meeting the perfectionist ideal. So let's talk about this a little bit more then perfectionism. You, you said this in an episode, again, I'm going to refer people to it and put it in the show notes, but you talked about how perfectionism really is a coping mechanism. I would love to hear more about that. Yeah. So a lot of the character traits that we identify with, like, oh, I'm such a perfectionist. I'm such a hard worker. I'm an overachiever. 
these are actually coping mechanisms, right? They're mechanisms that we all developed at some point in our lives because they helped us stand out. They helped us feel safe. They helped us feel valued within our lives. So for instance, with me, perfectionism was a big part of how I felt valued, valued and safe. My family immigrated from Iran to Canada when I was four, and I was the only brown kid in a a very white community. Mm. And I, you know, that moment that I, and I can't identify when it was, but that moment when I realized, oh, when I do things really well, that's when they see me, that's when they applaud, that's when I'm special. Hmm. And so I kind of, I took that on as something really important. I think with, with things like perfectionism and, and being a hard worker and even people pleasing again, very insidious because they're really valued in our society, right? Well, what's wrong with doing things like amazingly what's wrong with working hard. And we all know this, that these coping mechanisms, you know, they get us really far. They do get us really far, but that we hit a wall where it it's, it's toxic and it's unhealthy. And then like with procrastination, it stops us from doing things that are really, really important to us. So for me, you know, I was this girl who got, I mean, I would get literally like 95 and above in high school, like just, it it was now looking back on it. I'm like, I wish I had just enjoyed my youth more, but right. I, I was that girl who just got 95, like a hundred and everything. And then in college, I took that same work ethic with me really stood out. And what's really kind of mind boggling to me is I, for so in, I think in our previous episode, we probably spoke about this. I was an opera singer for 10 years. So it's mind boggling to me how I was working with this perfectionist mindset in a field in which perfection is like impossible, right? In art, like it's just so subjective. It's so it's creative, but like I was applying that mindset to my creative career and it burnt me out completely. And So when I started my business, started wholehearted coaching, I knew certain things had to shift and change. And I knew that if I used that same mindset that yes, got me very far as a singer, but then also ultimately led to me burning out and having to switch careers. I knew if I took that mindset in, it wouldn't be the joyful, enjoyable experience that I wanted it to be. And again, I think so many of us, when it comes to embarking on our dreams, we do it because of the joy. We do it because it means a lot to us. It's meaningful. It's fulfilling. There is nothing about perfectionism that instills joy, meaning, or fulfillment in us because it never ends. It never ends. It's never ending. And so that for me was a big wake up call where I was like, you need to really figure this out because the perfectionism again, and I I saw it at the very beginning of my business. Like I wasn't launching my website. I wasn't contacting clients. I, I wasn't doing all these things. And again, I was like, Oh, look at this, those procrastination tendencies, you know, here you are in a new venture. You've done all the things you went to school again, you're not doing it. What's wrong with you. And then I was like, Oh, it's not, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm just, I think I have to do this perfectly. And yeah, if, if I work on the perfection, that's when everything unlocked that it wasn't like, and I think that's the thing is we think, oh, we're procrastinators. So I should figure out hacks. Maybe if I wake up earlier, if I have, and, and all those things do help, 
But again, they're tools that are kind of a little useless if you're not looking at the root cause of why you're procrastinating. Absolutely. And that's the thing we get lost on Pinterest looking for solutions, whether it's how can I get more organized or ways to, to do day planning or goal planning, or, you know, work on my procrastination and we're giving, we're going right to the list instead of dealing with the real roots of how we're coping with, in my mind is a misplacement of identity. That's what I think perfectionism really is. It's a misplacement, right? My gosh. Yes. It's, and it changes everything. Like this is, it really does change everything. It doesn't mean it's perfect, right? Once, once you're on the other side, and this is one thing I always like to think of. I, and Oprah is one of my biggest heroes. And I always think I'm sure Oprah procrastinates too. So yes. <laughs> this is something to be aware of and work through better. And I do want to move into some tips there, but first there was one more thing you said that really struck me is that yes, sometimes we do see perfectionists getting really far, but only so far. Yes. And then also I would say, again, we don't know what's happening in other people's lives, but like, what is their quality of life? Like, you know, what is I, that for me is such a big thing. Again, if we're talking about pursuing our dreams, it should feel like a dream too you know? And so that to me is just so incredibly important, but I think resilience comes from letting go of perfection a hundred percent and sustainability and resilience are, are such key factors in, in dream building, because we're not here for the short run, right? We're, we're here to create legacies. We're here to create something that's really long-term that has longevity. So yes, that's a huge, huge part of it as well. I love that. I just wrote down, you know, work on building resilience. In other words, doing things messily. Yes. Doing things messily for a long time. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Over and over again, which over and over my podcast has certainly taught me that, which is why it was called about progress all along, because I was trying to lean into being mediocre instead of Mm. doing all or nothing. And, you know, doing mediocre work over time has led to, you know, well over 300 episodes and you know, so many people in this community. So that's just not to say people should start a podcast, but it all is for different reasons. Let's, let's kind of go into some more of the practical uh, ways for them to build a healthier relationship with both this two-sided, you know, procrastination and perfectionism. Like how can we work with this better? So yeah, we're more aware of it, but we're also not letting it control our lives. So for me, the thing that changed it all was this concept that I came up with, which is just, I mean, it's not really a concept. It's just good enough work, Hmm. good enough work. That is literally the foundation of everything I do net right now, because good enough work is the intersection of getting it done. And also allowing yourself to have free time and time to do the things that you, you know, want to spend with your family or your hobbies or whatever that is for you. It's really understanding as well that the people who matter, the people who truly want you and your work and your magic, whatever that is, they do not want your perfect. They just want your work in the world, right? Like I always say this to clients, you know, when they're like, when they're really, you know, because procrastination can also be indecision. So there's two things and we'll talk about them, but what's really fascinating to me is that no one notices like the people who matter, 
do not notice. I have typos. I have, and, and again, like uh, there is this, we'll talk about this a little more, but there's like this, this fine balance of it all. But like, and I'm sure Monica, you've had this where you've, you've put something out in the world and you're like, whoa, I completely forgot to edit that. Or yep. there is a huge grammar mistake in there. And no one in my community has ever said, oh my gosh, well, I just don't want to work with this person anymore. I have a course called Inner Compass and we have monthly calls with one another. And one of the modules is about good enough work. It's about letting go of perfection and good enough work. And on the live call, I was saying to someone, I was saying to them that everything in this program is good enough. There's like mistakes here and there. And I've said, does that make you want to like your money back? Are you, are you getting, are you not getting value out of this? Because had I waited for perfect, I would have never launched the course, right? Mm -hmm. Had you waited for perfect, you would have never launched this podcast, which has probably changed so many people's lives. And so we really have to look at it that, that way that someone in the world really needs this thing that you have, and they do not care if it is perfect. They do not care. So the, the two parts of good enough work to me are this concept of B plus work, which I got from, this is from uh, a wonderful coach, Burke Castillo. She actually calls it, I think she calls it B minus work. And I was like, whoa, B minus, <laughs> I can't I can't deal with B minus. <laughs> well, I, I think especially people who are really stuck in that, you know, the yes. perfectionistic mindset, B, B minus is terrifying. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. So let's, let's, let's with go B with plus. B plus. Yeah. Let's start with B plus. So it's B plus work, which is exactly what that sounds like, which is doing things at a B plus level and trying to figure that out is going to be an experiment, right? You going from your A and slowly working your way backwards. And also knowing that like, if you are someone who is, a perfectionist that your B plus is most likely going to be an A for, you know, a, the regular person. But also like, I love this experiment because for instance, a post I had on Instagram, like had the wrong image, like th there was a grammar mistake and then I deleted it. And then I posted the wrong mistake again. <laughs> like it was just, and no one cared, like no one can. And actually that post where I had the grammar mistake, it was the most shared. It was the most commented post of, of the year, right? Mm -hmm. Because like, it was the idea, the sentiment behind it and just all of these experiences, right? This is us also creating proof. So for me, I now have three years of proof of when I put out good enough work, everything is fine. Everything is fine. My people do not care. They're still getting value of my work. And so, so that's the good enough work, which is going to be something that is personal and something you just play with. Mm -hmm. And then the second one, which I really love is just give yourself less time to do things. Yeah. We are like sponges when it comes with time, you give someone two days to do something that will take two days. You give someone three hours and they will try to figure it out in three hours. And this kind of goes hand in hand with good enough work. Cause if you have three hours, you're like, well, these are only three hours I have, this kind of comes back to this. This is going to. I feel like people in your audience will be like, what is she talking about? But I don't have kids. Sometimes I get actually very envious of people who have kids, my friends who have kids, because they're like, I only have an hour during their nap time to get this done. And that hour is the most productive hour Oh yeah, that like, it, it just supersedes any hour that I have had in my life because <laughs> I do not know the value of time because I don't have kids. Right. And so that is what it is. It's like, almost like I have you know, two kids sleeping in the other room. This is the Just hour pretend. I have. Just well, pretend. And this can apply to anything. There's, you know, something called like the, 
the two minute rule. I think I originally heard this from the power of moms. I don't know that there was a podcast there for a while. And they said, if it takes anything less than two minutes, you do it. And you just kind of get in that mindset of doing in a certain amount of time. I don't, I don't think you should downplay though like that. Oh, I don't have kids. So I have vacuous amount of times. Like either that, I, I just want to say, put that out there. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. But I, but I do, but I think also knowing because I don't have a, a kids, my concept of time and someone who does have kids, especially during this time with COVID is so different. It's just really getting into that mindset that this is the hour I have to do this and not trying to make something perfect, making mm-hmm. something that is, that is good enough. And you know, and, and if you're finding, okay, actually an hour isn't enough, then maybe extending that to an hour and a half and two. But I think sometimes we also equate time with value, you know, an effort. And that's just not, that's not the case really. We have to kind of let go of that narrative too, of like time and effort equals value, right? Like the more you, the more you put in, the better things are. And that's not true. And this applies to anything that the listeners are thinking of doing, whether they're trying to getting into meditation, like do good enough work there, do a a B, maybe even a B minus effort of like five minutes or learning a new recipe or finding ways to have fulfillment. A lot of the women in my community struggle with just even having time to themselves and like doing something that fills them up in a way that's not numbing, which is procrastination often is. So do just do a little, like count it, count the small amounts of time. And the more you do that, the more you're going to see, Oh, this adds up. And this, this creates momentum. It totally creates momentum. This idea of productivity to me, I actually think productivity is just a feeling And it's a feeling that so many of us don't allow ourselves to feel, to acknowledge because the to-do list never gets shorter. It does not. Right. And when we can start to acknowledge exactly, as you said, Monica, those small things we're doing that, like, I'm only going to give myself three tasks today. And when I do those tasks, I'm going to celebrate it. And I'm going to really be proud of myself instead of saying, I'm going to give myself 10 tasks today, knowing that you can't compete complete 10 yes. tasks. We do that all the time. And then getting down on ourselves for creating an unrealistic, <laughs> unrealistic schedule. Yep. So the more we allow ourselves to feel the way we want to feel, like give ourselves that acknowledgement and permission, that also creates that sustainability that we're looking for. And really, you know, with perfectionism coming back to that, if that's the standard, if that's the bar, we're never going to reach it. Mm-hmm. And so that just keeps us from doing the things we really want to do, which is again, like this cycle of then you're getting down on yourself because you really want to do the thing. Right. And so if we can let go of the fact that it needs to be perfect, that I need to get X, 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 X amount done in this amount of time, that just helps so much to relieve the pressure we're putting on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm always going to remember but you just said that, that phrase productivity is a feeling. I never thought of it that way, but it absolutely is true. And I love that there's the practical side to this too, that you said as well, just start with limiting what you even have on your list. Yeah. So that way you're not always looking at this long list of to-dos that you could only do one thing. And then you think you're not productive, which brings us back to something we talked about earlier and identity. You know, when you have too high of standards, you'll never see yourself as someone who is productive or valuable yes. or a hard worker and lower the standards friends. Yes. 
because you are change, change the standard or whatever that is. Right. And, And I really want, like, I really want whoever is listening, right. You have done amazing using these things. If, if you do like, because I think also like someone may be listening and saying, well, but I want to have high standards, right? Like I want my work to be of quality. And again, we're not saying that the work isn't going to be valuable. It isn't quality, but is quality and value found in high standards? Is that perfection? Like, hmm. no, no, yeah. they're not the same thing. And I always, now we're going to get into now we're getting deeper because I always say that the space between good enough work and perfectionism is all ego and it has nothing to do with you. It has like that at that point, that space between good enough and perfection is you being like, what are they going to think of me? Mm-hmm. What, like I, I need to make this good. And I, and I, and I know this too, when I'm in that space, I'm thinking about other people and their perception of me and comparing myself that space between good enough and perfection has nothing to do with my values, with my beliefs, with what lights me up with my purpose, like has nothing to do with it. It just has to do with my ego trying to validate itself by other people but you know what I'm saying? And so Mm -hmm. that's also a really important part of the part of the discussion too, is like, well, what is perfectionism to you? And why is it so important? What does it mean? And, and is, is is all of that true? Is all of that true? Yeah. Even just asking the questions of if I had the perfect outcome, would that make me feel like I made it? Will it make me feel like I'm good enough? Will others like me better? Will they even notice even peeling back the layers that way, I think is so helpful. Wow. You know what? I just want you on every week. (laughs) (laughs) We'll do like a, we'll do like a partner podcast together. Seriously though. I have, I have loved this and I've been so drawn to your work. And in fact, if I'm, I feel like I'm having a little memory of someone in my community pointing me to, towards you and they, they hit the nail on the head because the work you do is so similar, like we're so aligned, but also like such a different perspective too, in ways that we, we need, and I needed it. So I just want to say, thank you. Thank you for being here. And let's tell people where to go besides the podcast, where can they go to, to find you? So you can find me on Instagram at wholehearted coaching. And then my website is wholehearted coaching.com. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. This was so wonderful. I hope this episode gave you the hug and kick in the pants that you need to grow. Isn't Sharin just amazing? I have to give you a little backstory here. I normally send my interviewees questions well in advance. I asked Sharin to be on the show, thought I sent her the questions, and I didn't. So she came in shooting blind, knowing we were going to talk about procrastinating, but not about specific takeaways and things that we had in mind coming into it. I am in such admiration of her and love having her on the show. And I'm so glad that we have this incredible woman as part of our community. I'm now going to share the progress pointers from this episode. And this is where I share with you the notes that I took so you do not have to take them. And if you would love to have the progress pointers every single time we have an interview, but landing in your email on this beautiful graphic made just for you, you can get on our Go Getter newsletter. I send out a newsletter every Thursday with just my heart to heart of what's going on, um, how I've applied the, the week's episode for myself, as well as the progress pointers from the interviews. So you can get on that by going to aboutprogress.com forward slash go getter. All right, let's go through these. One, 
the goal isn't to get rid of of procrastination altogether, but to relating to it differently. Two, procrastination is all about delaying. It's harmful when it's preventing us from doing what matters most to us. Three, procrastination is either about wisdom or fear. Ask it what you need to lean into more, rest or courage. Four, perfectionism is a root cause to procrastination. It's a coping mechanism. Five, work on building resilience, also known as doing things messy. Six, focus on good enough work. Experiment with it. Someone in the world needs your imperfect work. Seven, give yourself less time to do things. Eight, productivity is a feeling. Nine, limit what is on your list. Learn how to prioritize what really matters. And 10, the space between work and procrastination is where your ego lives. Maybe you have a friend who's a fellow procrastinator like you. Maybe she's a productive type or she is a delayer or an indecision or get in the nervous cycle of things. Be sure to send this episode to her and make sure if you do share it on social media that you tag me. I love to see those shares so that I can say thank you because it means so much to this community to see your shares of the show. A lot of what we talked about in this episode is about knowing what matters to you so that you can prioritize it better, which leads to procrastinating less because you have only the things that really matter on your plate. If that is something that you need help figuring out, sign up for Finding Me, my foundational course for About Progress. You can do that by going to aboutprogress.com forward slash finding me. And in it, we help you uncover who you are and what matters to you so that you can have a life rich with meaning and purpose, a life that you own. I'm so grateful that you took the time to listen today. This podcast means the world to me, and so does having your ears. Make sure you go and do something with what you learned today. And remember, life is about progress, not perfection. You are listening to About Progress. This is episode three. What? Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.